Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back for another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me once again, Dairy Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. It's definitely springtime. We got the uh, <laughs> NHIA coaches meeting tonight, so getting getting geared up for that. We're hosting here at Dairy Field tonight, uh, and I was out on the turf earlier today. Another beautiful day with the uh, with the middle school middle school boys team. So yeah, ready to go. Yeah, today would be an absolutely great day. Looks like uh, later this week too. Um, we're gonna get what up into the seventies on Friday. It looks like at least in southern New Hampshire. Uh, people won't know what to do with themselves i know i know uh we better we better be well on our way to spring at this point if there's any more uh you know winter surprises on the way i don't know about you but i'm not going to be last week was enough of a winter surprise uh for me yeah yeah and any anybody that any eagle-eared uh listeners out there too will notice that uh when we recorded we we actually recorded this a day early last week and at that point i i don't know if you remember i mentioned there was no snow on the ground in southern new hampshire and uh, and then on Wednesday it snowed, of course, and and so by the time this got out there, I don't know if anybody caught that, uh, but I did think of it Wednesday while I'm watching all this snow come down. Like, oh crap! I, I sound it's going to sound dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, uh, you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail dot com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, you can listen to the show this year every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And uh, before we get started this week, I'd like to give a big thanks to our first sponsor of the 2022 season, uh, Prolax Customs. Uh, located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play your game. It is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads. Or guys, if you are in need of stick stringing as we head into the start of the spring season, that is the, that's the place you want to check out. Uh, to learn more, visit them online at prolaxcustoms.com, or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, or send an email to prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. And, uh, All right, Joe, oh. Joe I, can't, I, can't, uh, I can't endorse them enough. I mean, I, I love the fact that, that stick dyeing is coming back. When, when I was growing up and when you would have been growing up, uh, everybody had dyed sticks. It was the coolest thing ever, and I love to see that, that kids are back into it again. Um, and, and I know Joe personally, and uh, he does a fantastic job. He also string sticks really well too. So uh, if you are, if your kids are are looking to get into uh, a new head and, and want it customized, highly recommend him. And um, you know, he'll take a factory strung stick and he'll he'll turn it into one that the kids can throw dimes with. So uh, you know, great to have them aboard as a sponsor. Yeah, and and really a perfect one. I feel like too, definitely. Uh, very pro- appropriate for what we're doing. Um, That's the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and if you uh, you you want to get your business um, or or have something that you want to sponsor uh, as well, you know, just again send us an email, nhhighschoolsports at gmail dot com. All right. Uh, so this week, um, we wanted to start, I think, with uh, with a, like a with our college roundup. Um, kind of, I know we're we're going uh, maybe in the opposite order as we did a week ago. So. Um, uh, what what kind of well I mean I guess the the game we have to start with on the men's side was the uh, the battle of the Camerons there um, in New Jersey. What a great what a great yeah. game too. Uh, you know, Rucker Rucker starts off hot early. Brian Brian gets a couple, um, but I think you and I had talked. It kind of went the way I thought it might go. I actually I had actually had a friendly little uh, little bet on that. I wanted to see it was hard. I wanted to see both those guys do well. Um, and I'm sure it was even harder for Coach Cameron to sit there and watch that game. Um, Brian had a good game. Sean got some runs. But then um, I don't know if anyone's had a chance to see the uh, the Princeton faceoff guy, but he he is a difference maker right now. And and that really kind of tipped the game there. Um, Joe, did you get a chance to watch the game at all? I, I saw some of the first half, and then, I you know, it kind of – I had some other stuff to take care of Friday night. Or Yeah, it was Friday night, wasn't it? I'm yeah. Pretty, I got all my days mixed up. It's been, yeah, it's it been a week. Yeah, it got changed. It got changed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I did. I did see uh, most of the first half, but then wasn't able to watch too much of the second half. Um, but it was, um, you know, from what I saw, yeah, it was. It, it was a lot like I think you and I had talked about, maybe off the air, um, about how that game could go. Yeah, uh, you know, and again, Rutgers drops that game, but they they're still a legitimate top ten team. Uh, got back on track. had a, had a good win, a huge win over over a good Lafayette team. Well. A better than uh, a better than normal Lafayette team. Normally, Lafayette's at the bottom of the Patriot League. Um, they were a young team last year, and they're showing a lot of spark this year. 
Um, Rutgers pounded them 22 to 10. Brian got back on track. He had six points in that game. Um, so a lot of fun. That, that's a high powered offense there. And if they can, if they can get their face off circle going, they're going to be a team to watch in the tournament. Princeton, they might be, I don't know, Joe, they might be a legit top. They might be a final four team this year, um, which is kind of cool. The Ivies are, the Ivies are coming back. I think we talked about it before. Dartmouth's looking good. Cornell, Penn, um, Yale's been a little bit streaky, but I mean, it's uh, Harvard. Harvard had a huge win the other day um, over, over a good Michigan team. It's uh, it's it's a it's a good it's a good league right now. Yeah, it's um, you know, it, it, and it's exciting. I think it's exciting to see too because, you know, you and and admittedly, I'm I'm a guy who you know, when it comes to college sports, I my you know I started out college football, college basketball, and and those are schools that that don't you know I mean, the Ivy League isn't is what the is um, FCS. Um, you know the uh, and and then in basketball, you know they're usually a one bid team into the into the tournament. Um, so you kind of I, I don't know it's it's a probably a predetermined uh, bias on my part where I think oh well you know any you know it's it's going to be a, a surprise if they pull out something here. But I think you know in, in lacrosse and then especially this year, um, you know these are these are programs that are are going to be um, not just you know I mean you look at it how many of them are in in what the top 10 I have three four at this point I yeah think. Um, you know so these are teams that are going to be there all year long and, and and have a pretty good shot as anyone you know I was looking over um, <laughs> you know you were talking about your your uh, friendly bet there too I every once in a while will peruse the uh, the odds on um, you know who's gonna who's favorites here and there and you look at, at the I think the current odds and, and some of those um, um, bigger sites and it's you know Princeton and and uh, Cornell and um and Penn I think are all up in there like within the top you know eight or so of of you know in terms of odds of who's going to win it all in uh in division one I would love to see if there if there was a prop bet I would love to see the odds right now on the on the overrunner of the ACC versus versus the Ivies of getting two teams uh-huh. into the NCAA tournament right now uh-huh. I would tell you, I think the Ivies have a better chance of getting two teams into the NCAAs right now based on the way they're playing. I mean, Duke did come back and they made it a game, but Loyola was pounding them early. Like, and Duke's struggling right now. They, on paper, they've got a great team, right? They've had great recruiting classes, brought guys in, um, but there is there is some sort of chemistry issue going on there right now. They're struggling right now. Denver's struggling right now uh Syracuse they're they're a mess right now so some of these traditional blue bloods are uh are not where they need to be um but I will tell you I I do think there is a clear one and two I mean Maryland I I can't wait for Maryland Virginia um that's going to be a game Maryland right now is putting up huge points Virginia is looking really solid um that's I mean that's where I'm I I think there's a clear cut one and two and then there's a lot of everybody else catching up right now from what I've seen and that's yeah that's always kind of fun when you think you know seeing those two teams play each other and then kind of mix in with some of the other schools too, that are in, you know, uh, higher ranked, um, always really eye opening, especially if, you know, you get them late enough in the year. So it kind of teams are kind of rounding out and they're completely into shape, you know? Um, so you have a really good idea going into the tournament of who really stands where. So we'll get, we'll get that pre we'll get potentially a championship preview this weekend with, uh, with Maryland hosting Virginia. Um, so that'll be one to look forward to. Um, you know, feel good story from this weekend. Uh, you know, our, our friends, we've got a lot of former New Hampshire players playing at Bryant. Um, we've talked about them a lot. Uh, Bryant, Bryant's another team that traditionally, you know, over the years we talk about them winning games. They've, they've struggled a little bit early season here. Um, they did drop a game to Air Force, but it was great to see uh, Nate LaLiberty back out there again. He battled through uh, an injury, battled through rehab uh, with his knee, and he was back out there. And even though they lost the game, he was 71% in the faceoff. So it was 12 for 16 um, you know, they've been they've been kind of slowly easing them back in. And it was great to see him back out there again. So that's going to give them a boost uh, going forward there. So thrilled for him for all the hard work that he's put in over the last couple of months. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Great to see. Um, yeah. And like you said, there's quite a few guys out there um, playing for Bryant, um, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of them um, who comes to my Mason Drew and Ben Abladian. Um, and then you had what Spencer Clark's there now this year as well. Yeah. A nice mix of guys, uh, kind of like a, uh, almost like we joke about an all-star team from New Hampshire. With are not quite you know a full team, but but guys that we would have put on all state a couple of years ago are, you know, all all teaming up in, in one school. That's fun. Yeah, 
they're like the they're a little bit like the the SMHU of, of Division One right now. <laughs> we haven't gotten a, lot, a chance to talk a lot of college D two, but SMHU's got a lot of our guys on there too, which is which is kind of cool to see. Some Actually, of them staying local there. And I saw one of them too. Um, I don't know if uh, apologize if I'm if I'm stepping on your toes here, but um, I thought a uh, a local guy for first new had a uh, received some accolades this week, if I'm not mistaken. Go for it. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, of course, I didn't have it right in front of me. Yeah, Gennaro Mara, uh, of formerly of uh, Pinkerton. Now it's new, uh, named the NE10's uh, Defensive Player of the Week uh, from there this past go. Another, week. Another former standout face-off, face-off yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then another quick shout-out. Uh, you know, I saw uh, it was great to see Dylan Rott, formerly of Merrimack Valley, hitting the box score there for UMass. He had one-and-one one the other day. Um, so good to, good to see him performing at a high level. And then uh, I kind of wanted to finish up my uh, on on the boys' side. You know, every week we kind of ask for coaches to uh, to to call in and give us you know give us some people that they want us to watch. And uh, you know, Coach Pat Snow over at Winnicunit, you know, he he got back to me and he said, "Hey, you know, really proud of where the programs come from and what what we're doing out here and the guys we have playing." Um, he's got three guys up at UNH that uh, you know locally we can go up and see the uh, Gavin O'Hara, Gavin O'Hara, the Chase brothers, Josh and Ben. Uh, Jack Ellis is playing at Nichols down at uh, D3 Nichols. Um, he's got Lou Granger and Carter Renaud out at uh, Keene State. Uh, he's got Cole Fisher and Tyler Hoare at, Went at Wentworth. Um, you know, just a tremendous growth in that program over the years. And, uh, you know, credit to Pat Snow and everything that he's done to get those guys playing at the next level there. So he's got uh, eight guys right now playing playing in college, uh, all, lo all local, too that we can go out and see. So if you're looking for some good lacrosse and looking to see some local guys, uh, go out and see Pat's, Pat's former alumni there. Excellent. Uh, and th thanks for Pat for uh, reaching out and letting us know about that. That's uh, yeah. Uh, and, and any other coaches listening, you want to do that too? Yeah. Let us know, shoot us an email text. Um, definitely. Um, you know, and, and, and well, if nothing else, it makes our, it makes it uh, this a little bit easier in trying to track stuff down, <laughs> track down information. I will put a quick plug in, you know, if you haven't, if, if listeners out there haven't seen, uh, if, they're, if they're on social media, uh, lately the New Hampshire Tomahawks have been putting out a list of all of the college players that are playing at the D1, D2, and D3 level. Now, of course, it's from their program, but it's, it's, a, it's a fairly complete list. Obviously, there's guys that have played for Four Leaf and for Hooligans and for HDR and other places that are playing the league too. But if you want to get a, if you want to get a good taste of – a lot of the a lot of the local talent that's playing at the division one two and three level look at the recent uh social media posts from the new hampshire tomahawks uh and kind of see it's it's incredible it really is to see how many guys are playing uh and they've done it for the girls as well to see how many guys and girls are playing at the college level not only at d1 but throughout the entire ranks there so kind of it was really neat to look at the other day yeah it is um yeah, it it is to see and and to kind of uh, keep track of you know who's where now too. I know I know lately with uh, you know what's been going on in the world, it's led to a lot of movement in in college sports in general. So that's been helpful as well, keeping track of where everybody is. Yeah, there have been you know it's been neat on the weekends to kind of kind of get a preview and say, oh, maybe I will turn into this game because we got a couple kids playing in this game. Um, and then there were, there are, there's been some movement. There were some kids that I was like, Oh, I didn't know that kid had, had transferred school. So yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, I know you're going to be doing your girls podcast soon. Anything on, anything on the girls side, uh, you want to report this week or yeah, are you saving we, that for the, no, yeah. definitely have right. a, have a little, a couple of notes here on, on the, the, on the side of, uh, the women's lacrosse side. Actually we were, we can, uh, I can talk about this now cause it is now a final. <laughs> we were, uh, or is keeping an eye on this, um, you know, game being played this after or on Wednesday afternoon between uh, UNH and Bryant. Again, we're we're talking about the the Bryant men's team. Uh, Bryant women's team also has a bunch of New Hampshire uh, players there, as does UNH. Um, you know, and they were uh, they played a pretty good back and forth game today with UNH coming out with a 13-12 win in overtime. Um, you know, in in what was yeah an exciting game. And uh, leading scorers on both sides, actually, you know, um, players that, that a lot of listeners will be uh, familiar with from their high school days. Mackenzie McEachern actually led UNH with five goals in this game. And uh, Amelia Piercy, from, uh, who played at Bishop Girton, had three for, um, for Bryant. And uh, Chamberlain Bell, also at Bedford, uh, scored a couple goals, including, uh, I believe, Bryant's two goals in the fourth quarter that tied the game. It was... Uh, 
Bryant was up 5-2 and then 8-5. Uh, 5-2 after the first quarter, 8-5 at halftime. UNH came back with seven goals in the third quarter, took a 12-10 lead into the wow. fourth, uh, and Bryant scored twice. Uh, with And Bell tied it, actually. There were still nine and a half minutes left in the game uh, in regulation when she tied it at 12. And just watching them, it, you could just tell things were getting a little bit tighter on the field. I, I think on the each team's last possession, they threw the ball away. Um, and then UNH, you know, had a chance to to get one right at the end but couldn't get a shot off um you know before they went into overtime so yeah both um both sides um you know playing a really great game there like i mentioned uh McEachern with five goals delaney pratt had three and, and and scored the game winner for unh in overtime uh abby cranny uh former Sauhegan player also uh had a goal in that one for for unh and uh yeah bell finished with uh two goals and two assists so really, um, you know, a fun game to uh, to kind of keep an eye on. And, you know, had I known it was going to be this nice out, I might have, uh, well, and if gas wasn't going to, you know, take up, uh, you know, my, my paycheck for the week, uh, I might have made the trip out to UNH there to, to watch this one. Yeah, I, I can imagine that's a lot of, lot of girls that we, we saw play throughout their high school careers getting in, getting a lot of action there. So, um yeah, I hope people did get up to see it. I know I've got I've got a couple games circled on the boys' side for UNH that I'm going to get up to. A little easier trip for me living out out by Exeter, <laughs> so I can understand yeah. why you wouldn't have gone up there today. Um, also, want to note too. Um, we mentioned the uh, the uh, SNHU men uh, with uh, with with Gennaro Mara's uh, accolades for the week. Also on the girls or on the women's side. You had uh, Madison Keating, who played at Bishop Girton. She was named the NE10 Rookie of the Week uh, this week for for uh, SNU. So, very uh, cool. Off to nice. a great start there. Um, of course, she played at BG, um, and now now at SNU with uh, with again, um, you know, a number of other uh, local local products as well. Oh, uh, so. I don't know. Any, any final thoughts on, uh, on the college landscape before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, I think next week I'd like to, we've got, I'd like to start transition, focus a little bit more on, on D2 and D3. We've got a lot of great players in D2 and D3. So again, uh, we'd love some help from coaches if they want to spotlight some different people. I have, I have, uh, some teams in mind, uh, that I'm, I'm planning to spotlight, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'd like to go. It, you know, last year I felt like we, we focused a lot on the, the guys that were playing at D1 and now seeing all the guys that are that are playing in, in D2 and D3, love to get them some love as well. So uh, any help from outside coaches on that would be great. We'll get as many kids recognized as we can. Basically what we're trying to say is any help that you think we need, please feel free to pass it along. You're not, you're not wrong, uh, especially on my end of things. Um, so this week, uh, we I think we, we wanted to try, of course we still got um, a few days until start of practices and – and, you know, then we'll really get into talking about, you know, prospects for the season in terms of, you know, individuals and teams and who we like where, um, you know. But I thought for this week, um, you know, we'd kind of – we came up with a couple questions to ask uh, amongst ourselves and, and kind of, you know, talk out and debate. Um, so this is uh, – that's what we're going to do this week is, is ask a, a series of questions and, and uh, just kind of – uh, get ourselves a little bit more primed for for the 2022 season. Um, so, Chris, you ready to ready to get going on that? Yeah, I feel like you're kind of putting me on the hot seat. I feel like this is <laughs> less of a give and take and more like, so, Chris, what do you think here? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but we're gonna we're gonna go with it. No, so. I am. I okay. Well, I am. I if you want to go back and forth, I I totally expect yeah? myself right. to. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we we had a we had an interview last week and. Uh, this week, I guess this is kind of we're we're interviewing each other in a sense. <laughs> okay, I feel I feel like you're trying to get me in trouble with my fellow coaches here. I feel like you're trying to put me on the spot and and and, and nail me down a little bit. Here no, not them, but... not not my intention. But I mean, if that happens, okay. then uh, I I apologize. Uh, so all the, right, well let's do it. The first let's get into it. First question uh, that kind of popped into my mind, um, and uh, and I guess I'll, I I kind of start this with saying. Um, you know, we kind of look at, looking at paper, looking on paper. Um, that's really what we do at, at this point in the year. It kind of looks like in division one that you got on both the boys and the girls side, BG, um, boys and girls both look like teams that's the favorite going into the season in division one. Um, and 
you know, I, I think that it was obviously the case last year, too. And it felt like, you know, as you watch the season play out, that the gap with maybe the exception of one or two teams was was fairly a good size. And I'm wondering, and I guess the first question is, is how big is that gap? Is, is it maybe not quite as big as we expect maybe going into this season? And I, 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 I'll, I'll jump on that first. I think the answer is yes. Or it, as the gap is not as big as we would perceive it to be. Any particular, you know, Joe, I want to, I, I, I would tend to agree. I would, I cautious tend to agree with you um, based on the results that I've seen from indoor, but I'm going to preface that and say that I'm going to swing back around to that. What are your thoughts on that? Why, why do you feel that the gap is not quite as wide as, as maybe it has been in years past? Well, I get, I, I think in on the girls' side, I look at things, and, and obviously there is a lot of talent coming back at, at BG. When you have, you know, kids that are, are, are signed on to go play at places like, you know, Virginia and Stanford and uh, Oregon, you know, big-name big schools, um, you know, you got a lot of kids that are, are playing, you know, at the next level that obviously is going to put you up at that top there. But then I look at, and, and mainly it's, it's the team that I focus on probably the most there is Bedford. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you look at the the um, collection of talent that the Bulldogs have. Uh, you know, while they may not be as big name, I guess, as as some of these BG kids are, they're not that far behind. Um, you know, Coach and, Christine. And, coach Christine's a great coach. Yeah. Um, you know, gets her girls ready every year, and they they play tough. Um, and they play BG tough. And you know, I think, you know, I, am I sitting here saying, oh, they're gonna you know, pull off the an upset and or or you know run the table or anything. No, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that, but I'm I'm saying anytime I, I or at any point in this year, you know, they do play in the regular season. I gotta assume they're gonna meet at some point in the playoffs. I look at that game and I I'm thinking that you know it, it's maybe a little bit more of a um, maybe not a toss up, but I would give Bedford a pretty good shot. You know, at this point, based off of you know what each team has coming back and, and again, what, yeah, what we were able to see of, uh, of the off season and during the indoor. Yeah. I mean, I, they're certainly not scared of them. Um, you know, they have, they, they have played them traditionally really, really hard. Uh, they played indoor the, the times they matched up in indoor, even though that, you know, Bedford dropped some games indoors, they, in the playoffs, they matched up and played them really difficult. Um, you know, I like them. And then, uh, you know, I, I beat the Astros on any given day, too. It's going to be different with a new head coach. Um, but uh, I, I think they're capable of, of both of those teams of, of giving BG a good game. Does BG have more depth? I, I do. Again, I, I think that's going to be hard to overcome. I think teams would have to play a perfect game. Um, but I would agree with you. I think there's teams that can that can run with the, the BG girls this year. Right. Yeah, you're right. You, in mentioning Pinkerton, too, I mean, they have um, probably one of the better goalies in the state. Uh, and Lauren Sweeney, um, and that always gives you, I mean, at least a better uh, a better chance than not, um, you know, in games. So that's that's a big help too. I have no idea who's doing draw controls for them, but I mean, no. that's a recipe yeah. for success. Yeah. You know, if you have someone that can match up with BG in terms of draw control, you have a good goaltender, you play smart, give you you give yourself a chance. You know, and that's I know Christine over at over at Bedford does the same thing. She focuses on those two areas, and if you're strong in those two areas, you build out from there you're going to be, you're going to be in good shape from year to year. Um, but I mean, if you look at the collective talent that, that BG has going to college, it is, it's pretty impressive. And um, you know, if they do, if they learn how to, if they all play well together, they're going to be, they're going to be very difficult to beat. So Joe, where do you stand? Do you think the gap is bigger on the girl's side or on the boy's side? I would see that's, that's a tough question. Um, Cause on the boy's side, I think that while, you know, again, the, the collection of, of talent at, at, at BG is, is very good. Um, I think it's still maybe a year away from from being what it's like reaching its full potential. Does that make sense? Like that they're you their know, class they, of twenty twenty four is very very good. Yes, like yeah. I, I would tend to agree with you. When they become seniors, they're going to be they're going to be extremely they're going to be as juniors and seniors they're going to be extremely good. Yeah. Um, not to say that the class of twenty two and twenty three isn't good, but um, I would agree with you that that twenty four class is going to be really really good for them. Now on that on that boys side too, I don't think there's any particularly one team. I mean, we we saw you know Exeter. We we both agreed. I think that they that they were better um, in indoors than than we thought they might be. Um, you know, and and Pinkerton certainly has had played them tough. Uh, played BG teams tough. 
um, especially this past Sunday. Um, you know, so we'll just, I, I mean, we'll have to see how that translates. Without without getting too much into our preview, yeah, I mean, a group led by Aiden Drunzik, you know, it, at first everybody's like, oh, it's Aiden Drunzik coming back and that's it. I, I got to tell you, I've been, and I know you have been too, I've been really impressed with, with the depth that, that Exeter can put out there from top to bottom. Again, you know, Aiden Drunzik is the name that everyone's going to be talking about this year, but there are, they're really, I haven't seen very many weak links on that team. Um, you know, they, they play good, solid, hard defense up and down the field. They don't turn the ball over. They work well with each other. Um, you know, they're, they're an impressive group. Um, so I was expecting, you know, I think a lot of people were, you lose, you lose Spencer Clark, you lose Connor Holly. Again, we don't want to get too much into our preview, but like, I think with that many seniors, people were expecting them to fall off. I think they're right there again. Um, so they, they could. Yep. And and oh, help me out here. I'm I'm blanking on the goalie uh, from Exeter. His his name um, is, it, uh, is Ra- it, I think Ryan Tapman. Yes, he um, yep. he and if anyone he he had a he had a series of play or, you know a, a stretch of a play on Sunday um, in one of those little playoff games. If if anyone hasn't seen the highlights up at, at nh-highschoolsports.com, um, you need to go check them out because like, there's a, a stretch of about. I don't know, 45, maybe nine, you know, 45 seconds or so, maybe more than that, where he makes a save one-on-one point blank. Um, can't really find a, an outlet. So he, in the field open, middle of the field opens up where he just runs straight down the field, scores a goal, turns around and sprints back to the goal and is there in time to turn around and make another save. And it was just, I mean, just watching it live was just like, I, you know, I mean, obviously it's not as big of a field. It's, in, you know, it's indoor, so it's not a huge field, but it, it was still, I, I, it was impressive to me. Yeah. You know, so I, I think, I think they've got, I think they've got, they can, they could put something together. I think, I think it's going to be tough with JJ Murphy facing off for BG. Right. Yeah. It's going to be hard for teams. Like you're going to need a good goalie. So that's a good start. That's a good start for Exeter, you know, cause you're going to need to make stops. And that was kind of what kept them in that championship game, right? He made some stops early on. They missed the net. They got some turnovers and, and Exeter's offense was able to capitalize on that. And that may be a recipe for success this year. I mean, BG is replacing some really, really good polls from last year. You, know, you look at, you look at some of the guys that they, they graduated, Aiden Ahern, um, I'm blank, uh, Matt Craney, and, uh, um, John, John, John Sullivan. Sullivan yeah. Yep. Um, you know, they're going to have some guys, they have, they have plenty of talent, but they're going to have some guys that, you know, maybe a Dylan Young and Alex Dumont, um, kids like that, that are going to have to step up. They got some time last year, but now they're going to be the go-to guys. Um, BG is also replacing some serious firepower and Dawson Clark and Michael Kiley and John Kikorian. But again, have guys that can all do that and they've got depth, you know, so it's going to be a tall task. Um, you know, the other area that we've talked about that you, you need to be strong in, is the face-off circle. And that's why I think, you know, Pinkerton still has, uh, you know, a puncher's chance. Um, you know, they've got Cole Franks in the face-off circle. Um, and again, you kind of see, you know, does he take a step forward in his growth? Can he match up a little bit better against JJ this year? Um, you know, those kind of things can keep can keep a team in, in games this year. Losing Hunter Druin, huge loss. But, um, you know, they still got guys like Riley Spellman, um, you know, they're, they're going to have some guys, Michael Uber, um, that can that can put the ball in the back of the net. So I think this next question might be the one where you you were uh, you think I'm, I'm trying to catch you here. Um, and that is the uh, you know, I, looking over um, what what the Division two side uh, boy side looks like. And, I you know, I, I I'd say that, that looking back in the last decade, going back to, you know, when when Bedford had its run um, in Division two before they moved up. Uh, this might be the most wide open, maybe top to bottom, uh, or or top, you know, half to two thirds of of the division that that in maybe the last ten years. And I think a lot of coaches would be happy to hear that, right? <laughs> we had you had some teams go on runs, right? You had yeah. Bedford go on its run. You had Goffstown right there with them that went on a run. Uh, you obviously had my team in Dairyfield that that went on a run. Um, you know, and I, I would tend to agree with you, Joe. I think there are still. I think it's still uh, there are. It's top heavy but I don't think it's as top heavy as it's been in the past. Um, you know, and I know it's, it's cliche to say this and, and, you know, we joked about it every year when you would pick my team, you know, after we win a championship, I do think Portsmouth is, is the most well-rounded team overall coming back. Um, I'm sure, you know, 
Coach Fisher, Coach Fisher would tell me that, you know, he's got holes and all this stuff. Yeah. And so does every other team um, in the division right now. But again, with what they return, and again, we'll get into that in the, in the D2 preview when we do that. Um, I think they should be considered coming in probably one of the top favorites. Um, you know, uh, Timberlane's still going to be strong. Um, you know, they, you know, again, so if you talk about the two teams that were in the championship last year, uh, I do like my team. I think, I think we're young, but we're going to be, we're going to grow into it. And I think we're going to be super competitive this spring. And, um, you know, I do, I think we've got a shot. I think teams like, like Wyndham, uh, they're excited about their season. You know, they've got a potential offensive player of the year and Alex Ryan ready to go. Um, you know, they, they've, they're going to be strong. Uh, Hollis Brookline has some firepower. You know, there's another team that, um, you know, was, was rolling through teams last year and, and bowed out earlier than they wanted to. So they probably have a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, um, there's some other teams that I, I will, I will save for there, but I, I would agree with you. I think you're going to see a lot of interesting scores this year, but, um, I do think through coaching and other things, you're going to get, you're going to get similar teams at the top, but maybe not as, uh, it, it may not be as clear cut and there may be some upsets in the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's and, and now that you know, I think about that too. I mean, you look at last year, and I think you and I talked about this, you know, before the show um, this week. You know, last year you might have said it was open, but not maybe quite as many teams. And and you and at the beginning of the year, I don't think we talked about Portsmouth. You know, I don't want to say at all. We definitely talked about them, but but maybe not as being the team to beat. And you look at what they did last year. Um, you know, only losing one game. Um, you know, so a pretty remarkable stretch for them. And, and yeah, it does, it feels, I, you know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially early in the season to see some scores come in where it's like, wow, you know, okay, this team's for real. Uh, maybe that team isn't as good as we, we anticipated or, you know, this and that. Um, but it's, it, it, I think the pandemic like, really, the yeah. pandemic really threw a monkey wrench in things where like, of, you know, team, them, yeah. teams got out of rhythms. Uh, you, you, you really don't have a great feel of depth underneath, you know, underclassmen, you haven't seen as many kids as maybe we did before. We kind of knew coming in what teams had and what they were replacing. And also, um, I mean, just being on it, you know, the, the, the prep schools up North and, and around the area are changing rosters all the time. There's kids coming and going to schools that, um, that you don't know about right until the season starts. So that's the other thing. I mean, you're, you're basing this looking on paper from what teams had last year right, right. and you don't know what kids left and you don't know what kids are returning. Um, so that, that plays a big role into, into teams and how they, how they stack up uh, later this season too. Um, you know, that, that is a, that is a thing that coaches are dealing with in the state right now is, is uh, kids moving, kids moving around from school to school. Yeah. Which is, you know, why, uh, you know, why, try to always reach out to everybody uh, beforehand and try to get out, you know, been, been compiling a, uh, a nice list of scrimmages here. So I guess that's a, a call for that too. If, if you're a coach and, and you've got some scrimmages on your schedule that uh, maybe aren't out there on, on the internet, uh, please feel free to, to pass them along. Cause um, I'm looking, definitely looking to, to get out and, and watch some of these uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, I know it really don't start until what uh, the, the, after the first week of the season, but um Always some interesting first, matchups. First, in this of, too. first day of scrimmage would be the twenty sixth. Every so team's got to have five five right. full days in before they can before they can scrimmage. So that first so. Saturday, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump on to the to the next question. Which um, you know we go from chatting a little bit about Portsmouth boys to um, the next question is where would you put the the Portsmouth girls among teams in the state? So I guess basically if I'm I'm putting together my my girls uh, top ten right now. You know, I, I'm I'm looking at it, and I you know based off what I saw from them, get, you know, again, given what they have coming back, and what I saw during indoor this year, I I'm gonna put them probably in my top three, um, with maybe just I was just BG and say, Bedford ahead of them. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'd give BG and Bedford the benefit of the doubt, and then I'd probably have a hard time distinguishing them between between them and Pinkerton for that uh, for that three four spot. But we'll have a chance to figure that out, right? I believe yeah. that Portsmouth is going to play both. Are they playing both Bedford they play, and Pinkerton? Yep, they play at Bedford this year, um, and they play at Pinkerton. They also uh, host Sauhegan and host Exeter. So they've got uh, you know four games there against Division One teams. Um, you know, so so we'll find out about them. Um, you know, just how good they, they and and you know this is something I feel like they've done frequently over the years. Maybe we kind of forgot about it because of the 
you know the the year off and and just the the weird scheduling last year um but I feel like at times they've they've gone out and kind of challenged themselves a little bit with some of these games and um yeah I you know watching them this past Sunday they they did actually they did beat Bedford in one of those playoff games um in indoor and and they just they're another one it's the depth like they just have so many kids that can contribute and the scary thing is is that they're they're still relatively young you know they won that championship last year with with yeah. a good mix of juniors and sophomores and um you know they're they're going to be uh you know right up there i think with with every with some you know with the BGs and the Bedfords and the Pinkertons I, I think uh, it's smart the for them i think it's smart for them to play that play that heavy schedule um you know to challenge themselves with those D1 teams cuz they've definitely got the depth and the power to do it and um you know, teams like, you know, uh, traditionally Winnicott has been a big rival of theirs, and, and they were a little bit down last year. Um, Division two did not have the, the the depth of talent that it normally did. You know, teams like Hollis and other teams uh, were a little bit were a little bit down. And so I think Portsmouth challenging themselves and playing up is a good thing for them um, to keep their girls getting better and, and stay hungry. Yeah, and if they uh, they put another, together another year, um, like, like, they have the last few um i i think it's maybe it may be fair that we start at saying hey um is it time to move portsmouth up to d1 it, it could be but i mean <laughs> you know just like anything just like anything else though they do you know you can't knock their program they've you know it's uh by school size they wouldn't even be the largest school in division two right right uh there they're just you know their their town program and their coaching staff are doing a great job and, you know, to me, they're doing a good job of challenging themselves with their schedule. If you put, you know, if you put BGs and Pink or if you put Bedfords and Pinkertons on the schedule, um, you know, nobody can really complain and say, hey, you know, you're just you're sitting there and beating up on teams. So, um, yeah, but we'll see. Um, they've got a great shot again this year. So our uh, our next question, I, I have a feeling I, I know what your answer to this one's going to be, uh, but I want to ask it anyways. Um, so again, you know, looking at, at what's returning in division three on the boys side, uh, you know, really feels like Campbell is, is a team that, that, you know, has a lot of talent returning. Looks like they're going to be the, go, the favorite going in, at least in my, my book, I think yours too. They are, um, what, you know, having watched them in the off season too, it looks like, you know, that they're, they're on the same page. Um, so if, if they are the favorite in division three, I guess who's, who's maybe next in, in line, do you think? Well, I'll start with confirming. They are they are my favorite for <laughs> Division Three. Uh, I think the world of Coach Knight up there. I think he, he's a great coach. He, he's a great leader of young men, um, and you know I think he's these guys are hungry. I think especially after last year, you know, they were one of those teams that maybe feels like man, you know the the tournament bracket didn't do us right last year, right? Having to play Trinity so early, um, and they they've got a ton of talent coming back across the board. Uh, I would tell you, I don't know a ton about the roster. All I know is coach Steve McDonough up at, uh, up at Laconia has done a great job of getting his guys motivated. They've been working hard since the summer, since their season ended and their kids have looked really good indoor. Um, I looking on paper, they lost three seniors last year. They returned uh, a core, a very senior heavy team, hardly any, uh, hardly any juniors and a lot of sophomores. So it's, it's a team that's going to have uh, it's going to, it's going to be a team that's got a lot of experience and, and ready to go. So I think, you know um, it's, it's by no means going to be handed to Campbell this year, but I, I think I would expect, I can't wait to see uh, Laconia and, and uh, Campbell go up against each other um, later this year. Yeah. You just, you looking over the, um, some of the names that are on, was on their roster for, for indoor and, I mean, it's guys that I, f I feel like some of these guys, and may this may be because they've all had uh, older siblings, um, but, you know, you look at Cole Roy, Jacob Mello, um, Zach Whitney, are, you know, playing on these indoor teams. I mean, those are names that I feel like we've we've been seeing for a year or two, um, or I, I guess I should say last year, um, and that, that we're, we're going to be contributors maybe two years ago as, as uh, younger guys. Um, but, yeah, I think that's definitely a team that um, – team to keep an eye on and you know i i know i know they um they lost um, a couple guys uh from last year's team uh championship team but i think trinity is going to be right there too um you know they may be a a, a little step back uh, a little bit of a step back from from obviously campbell and laconia but uh, you know i'm not going to count them out um quite yet um you know they do have some good kids returning they did um you know when i when i did get the chance to see them during indoor they look pretty good uh, maybe not quite the level that Campbell or Laconia is at right now, but I think by the end of the year we may be um, 
we may see them kind of moving themselves up the, up the standings. Totally agree. You know, they did lose some good pieces, but they, they had some younger depth too. And I, I would, I would totally agree with you. I, I think by the end of the season, you, you will see them up there. Um, so yeah, that's who, uh, that's who I have challenging Campbell right now. If we, if we go into the season, assuming that they're the favorite. So a little, a little, maybe a little overlap here on this question. Um, but, um, you know, and I, I guess we'll open this up to, to any division boys or girls. Okay. Um, we'll say what, what team do you think that is going to be the biggest dark horse in, in 2022? What team has the potential? And, and I don't mean, you know, who's going to come out of nowhere and win a championship. You know, I mean, who's going to come out of nowhere and say, you know, put together double digit wins or, you know, pick up some, some wins that maybe we don't expect them to, or, or make a final four run that, that we didn't see coming. Uh, maybe maybe that that kind of thing is what I mean by dark horse. Who who's maybe your surprise team? Um, you know, if you um, had to pick one. Sure. Um, well, I'll start on the I'll start in the Division Three boys. Um, I like Bishop Brady and what Coach Lamparelli's doing out there. He's got a lot of kids out playing. He's got uh, he's got a lot of kids excited about the game. Um, you know, is it a team that I think can make a run to the Final Four? They're probably a year or two away, but would it surprise me depending? I haven't looked closely at their schedule, but it would surprise me if they got the double digit wins or had a great year. I don't because I, I think coach is super into it right now. Um, he's got his kids playing indoor. He had big numbers out. He's got them doing skill clinics and different things. Um, I, I like Bishop Brady in division three. All right. I, you know, I'm going to stick in division three and, and maybe, okay. maybe this is, uh, I, I don't know. In in my mind, I kind of feel like it might be a bit of a dark horse just because of we're we're a couple years removed from them uh, winning the championship. I know um, Hopkinton was was what in the championship game last year, but it kind of felt more like circumstances of the way the brackets shaped out. But I think the Hopkinton girls are are definitely one that um, you know they may may start out a little bit slow, but I got to see them a couple times there again during in, the indoor season. Really liked what I saw. Um, you know, and, and I think they've kind of got some, they, they graduated all those kids that were a part of that championship team from what, three years ago. Um, and, and it seems, feels like they kind of, um, you know, maybe not reloaded, but they're restocked and kind of up and coming. Um, so it, I think you, I was going to say, sorry, Joe, I think, I think you picked, I think you picked the, one of the two teams. I I was going to say Bo and Hoppington. I think they're my two favorites for, uh, on the division three girls side coming into the season this year. I don't know how much of a dark horse it is, but I agree right, with you. They've right. been there in a little bit, but it, uh, I, I I could easily see them having a great year this year. Yeah, I feel like that's one. Just given, like, if you look at again, looking at it on paper, it may not it may not seem like one, but I just feel like from the where the the state of things were the last you know since that mm-hmm. championship game, um, you know, maybe they're a team that that some I don't want to say you know people forgot about, but just that that weren't on the radar as much last year. Um, definitely think that they will be. Uh, once this season gets going. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll shift divisions here and I will give you uh, Nashua South on the boys side. Um, I, I think it's, a te- again, it's a team that's usually pretty good, but you know, have they, have they made a final four run? Have they had a, had a run towards the championship? Um, you and I have kind of looked at, you know, their schedule and kind of looked at what they have and how well they've played indoor. I on it like, Call me crazy, but I could actually see I can see a path to actually a number one seed, believe it or not, on the boys' side wow. there. Wow. Um I don't see a lot of losses on their schedule. Uh teams like BG and Pinkerton and Exeter and they, they've challenged themselves with out of state games. And again, you know, could people say that maybe it's a, a you know, they back their way into a one seed, whatever. You gotta play the games that are on your schedule, right? They've got guy, you know, uh, they've got Ethan Johnson and Nett. They've got his brother Griffin on attack, Nate Campbell on attack, and plays midfield as well. Um, they they've got a lot of guys that could that could you know send them in their big and their physical. Um, I I really like them as, as a team. That's you know minimum minimum I think for them I think is a final four this year. Um, I, I think they would be very disappointed if they if they didn't make it to the final four. They're just watching, listening to them indoor, watching them and, and just seeing how focused they are. Um, I think they've got a great opportunity this year. I know COVID was really tough on that team. They had a right. great team that year, and we're really looking to make a run. Um, and I don't think I don't think they're going to let opportunity uh, pass them by twice. 
So I, I, I like them as my dark horse in Division One this year. That's a that's a good one. I, I was uh, I'll co-sign on that one. I'll, uh, I was uh, I was kind of leaning that way too. Um, but I will give you another boys team. Um, you know, in, in Division Two. Um, okay. I know they had a rough time uh, of it in indoors just because of uh, it seemed like numbers, but. Um, you know, I, I like some of the kids that, that Oyster River Newmarket has coming back. Um, obviously, get solid goalie, right? Um, yeah. You know, back, and, and uh, they did lose some some really key seniors from that team, and, and they may still be, you know, a, a year away from, from getting to that level that I think, um, you know, w- we think they're maybe capable of, but I think this year you're going to see, um, you know, maybe some surprises from them, uh, from, from Ruppie's group, and... Uh, I, I, you know, Coach Ruppie's group yeah. is they're they're going to be they're going to be well coached. Uh, Gabe Goodwin at the midfield is going to be a good player for them. Uh, you talked about Finn Mason and Net uh, takes up a lot of space, plays good angles. Um, Jacob Palia, uh, an attackman, he's going to be a sophomore this year. Did great things as a freshman. Uh, Emmanuel Harvey at the midfield. Um, they, they've got, they've got some guys, Sam Gilmet, uh, Gilmet, um, you know, they, they've got, they've got some guys that are going to be difficult matchups for people. They play a very disciplined style. Coach Ruppy has them play in a way that they're, they're not taking a ton of chances. They maximize when other teams make mistakes and, and they don't turn the ball over a lot. Um, you know, that, that used to be, you know, the game used to be over against Oyster Mark, Oyster River, New Market early because they, they weren't well coached. They would turn the ball over. They'd give you lots of opportunities. They make you they make you earn every goal uh, this year when you play against them. So um, I would agree with you. I think they're a team in Division Two that could that could uh, turn some heads this year, depending on their schedule. Yeah, well, yeah. I was actually, I was just I was just looking over that. You know, they've got some uh, some interesting matchups on here. They they play kind of a, a mix of of schools. You know, obviously Seacoast heavy, um, but then you mix in a couple of other other schools. They've got you know like Bow, uh, Conval. Um, you know they're going to go up to Kennett, uh, not not nearly as bad of a drive for them as as uh, you know some of the rest of us. Uh, St. Thomas twice. You know they 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 play or they host Dover. Um, looks like I think that's a Saturday night game in mid May too. That that's um, you know that should be a fun one uh, to maybe go see just um, because of that the atmosphere, local rivalry. Local yeah. rivalry ugh, excuse me, rivalry. Um, so yeah, they their schedule looks. Um, you know, looks pretty good. I, I, you know, I could see them coming out of this with, with a hand, you know, maybe a handful of wins more than, than you might expect. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's, um, a team that I would throw in that category. And, uh, you know, speaking of scheduling, I guess that kind of, unless you had another dark horse team, does that lead us into our, I mean, we kind of talked about, I don't know if they're really dark horse teams. I mean, Wyndham and St. Thomas are both teams that I think are going to take another step forward this year. Um, You know, we, we can talk more about that in the D2, D2 preview. Absolutely. Um, You know, but yeah, no, I think, I think we're good. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about uh, probably some, some games. Yeah. Speaking of scheduling, we we wanted to talk about some games that are, are kind of already on our radar. Um, I know I've been, um, you know, despite <laughs> despite everybody telling me, oh, don't look at the schedules yet; they're not finalized. I've been going over the schedules that since probably since the day they were really first released, whenever that was, what two months ago, um, and just kind of looking at like, oh, this game looks looks good. Oh, I'm going to put that game on my calendar. Um, but but I, I will I'll let you start. Um, any what's maybe a game or two that that stands out to you that you're like, you know, if if I get a chance, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this one. Or I'm gonna keep an eye on that one. Oh boy, there there's a lot. Uh, I wrote down a ton, just an absolute ton, you know. And and yes, they're on the they're on the boys' side. I apologize um, in advance, but I mean, if I'm gonna okay, so let's start in Division Three. Um, you know, if we're there's a stretch in the first week of May that uh, if you want to true find out who the the true teams are in Division Three, I think you're gonna get it that week. You've got you got Campbell and Trinity yep. on five two. Yep. You've got Campbell and Hopkinton on five, four, and then you got Campbell and Laconia on five, nine. That's the gauntlet so I think right there. Yeah. That's the gauntlet right there. I think you're going to find out who separates themselves and, and how, how far the separation is, you know, do, does Campbell run the table and they squeak out a couple of those, or do they send a message and, uh, and really, really take it to all those teams. Right. So I, you know, you gotta, you got a solid block of games there. Um, you know, I think uh, on the, on the D one boys side, um, I love all the out-of-state games. Uh, Acton Boxborough 
is coming up and playing both BG and Exeter. Um, you've got BG playing Zavarian early in the season on 419. That one's going to be a great one. A lot of people will be at that one. You got BG traveling to Staples, uh, a great a great prep school down in Connecticut. They're playing BC High, so Staples on 430. BC High on, on May 5th, so another one to add to that that week there in May. Um, you know, Joe, maybe you just run, a, run a, uh, an RV for the week and you, you, you travel around. You know. Yeah. Um, gonna, well, we'll have, to, we'll have to find a sponsor for the RV to, uh, to, to fill that up. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned those games, and, and I think we talked about this, um, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, when the schedules were kind of first coming out. And you look at that stretch for BG, too, starting with that Staples game. Um, you know, they've got at Staples – home to Exeter, at BC High, at Bedford, home against South, home against LaSalle out of Providence, um, home against Salem, home against Acton-Boxborough, and then at Pinkerton. Um, over, the, you know, that's a court, that's what, one, three, nine, a nine-game stretch with, um, you know, a, a couple of really tough battles in there with some, some not just some out-of-state games, but, but what should be good in-state games as well. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's going to be some great, but I think their schedule, you know, they were really smart. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure Chris had a lot of, uh, a lot of insight with his AD into setting up the schedule, but they, they, they spread them out pretty well in terms of the out-of-state tough games versus, you know, games that are expected to possibly be easier games for them in-state. Um, it's a fairly manageable schedule. It's not like they have these guys stacked on top of each other. Um, but, it, but the best part is, is that it's not all in the beginning or not all at the end. You're right. going to have, you're going to have great games, all season long. And uh, yeah, I mean, even though BG's at Staples on 430, we got Exeter hosting acting Boxborough on 430. So maybe we can get a live stream from Staples <laughs> while covering, while being in person at the Exeter acting Boxborough game on that Saturday. Uh, so that could be, that could well, be a great day. That's good. You know, we'll get started on that now. We got We should be able to figure that out by then. I, I would, th- I would think, you know, BG Staples is going to be a big game. I got to think somebody down there is going to be live streaming it. And then, you know, I think you're live on location, Joe, at, at Exeter Acton Boxborough. Uh, that would be good. Um, looking at, uh, you know, and then, again, I, I think the streak was snapped, but, you know, you've got the annual BG Pinkerton matchup where the loser tends to then turn around and lose the championship. Yeah, right. Uh, right. May 19th, coming at the end of the season, right before right before the playoffs there. Um, so, you know, that one's always a great one. Great student turnout, great fan turnout for that one. Um, so that, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that one as well. Um, you know, and then I, I, I look, um, you know, I, I think there's some interesting crossover matchups within the divisions this year. Uh, Bedford, Bedford's gone about and they, they've scheduled, uh, both Hollis Brookline and Derryfield. Um, you've got Sauhegan playing Portsmouth and Derryfield this year. Um, so I, I think there's some, there's a lot of really good, there's a lot of really good matchups out there this year. Well, the one that, that, that kind of, um, I think could be big uh, in Division Two as you look at Hollis Brookline's schedule. You know they throw in there Sauhegan, Bedford, Merrimack. Um, you know some games against Division One teams that aren't. You know they they win a couple of those and and like you were saying about you know South potentially. Um, you know finishing higher up based on their schedule. I, I mean that that makes a difference for Hollis because they get extra points for those wins being against absolutely, Division absolutely. One. Yeah, they win those they win those games. They'll get they'll get extra they'll get extra points for that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's an interesting schedule to me. Um, you know, on the on the um, the girls side of things, you mentioned you know what what BG boys have done. BG girls have have put together a pretty nice schedule for them themselves as well out of state. Um, they're on the road a little bit more. Uh, in fact, they, they have um, road trips to Chelmsford and Central Catholic uh, within the first, I want to say, like 10 days of the season. Um, you know, hosting Moses Brown uh, at the end of April. Going, they go to Staples as well, I think, the week after the boys go. Uh, and then a home game against uh, Franklin. And then two, uh, two more out-of-state road games against Newburyport and uh, Notre Dame Academy. And those two are sandwiched around uh, a home game against Pinkerton. So it's... Uh, and that that's the way they end the season, uh, actually, with with Staples, Bedford, Franklin, Salem, Newburyport, Pinkerton, and then Notre Dame Academy. So a, a bit of a gauntlet there for for the BG girls to end the season. Um, but I mean that's I mean that's kind of the, maybe the way you want to do it, right? Going into the playoffs, you're, you're ready to go and um, you know get as much of a, a test as you can when it uh, when it isn't win or go home, right? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, it, 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 there's no better time than to test yourself during the regular season. You don't want to dig yourself too big a hole that you, you know, you get, you get seated way far down and you potentially have to play a, a matchup earlier in the tournament that it, you may not be ready for. But uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely see a lot of benefits in a challenge in yourself. You know, we mentioned some of the, um, you know, games that, that Portsmouth has moving up to play uh, some division one teams. One of those being Bedford and Bedford also has a pretty good, um, pretty good schedule too. They got some out of state games with, with Kennebunk and, and Chelmsford coming to Bedford. Um, and then at the end of the year, they go to Newburyport. So they're, um, you know, they got a nice little, um, nice schedule put together too. So what do you think, Joe? Anything, any other games looking forward to during the regular season there? Yeah, I, I was trying to, again, go through my, uh, that calendar I put together where I had, um, you know, ones that I just had, had circled and actually it was kind of more, um, you know, combination of, of games. Like you look at, um, you know, I, 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 like I, we've said in the past, I live like 10 minutes from Stello stadium. So it's so easy for me to just pop over there and, and just take in whatever games are going on. And there's, um, two days in May where I have a feeling I, I'll be there for a while. One is, uh, is May 12th where you got a double header with, uh, with Nashua South and Bishop Girton boys playing the early game. And then the late game is Bedford and BG girls. Um, that's, that looks like it's just going to be a fun day. And then, um, that same Saturday, the 14th, um, starting at 11 AM, you've got the, the BG boys hosting LaSalle. And then right after that, the, the girls hosting Franklin, um, so I think those will be two really, uh, really fun days. And, uh, you know, y you mentioned, um, Bedford playing some, some teams. So I'll, I'll give, uh, give that game on the first Saturday, a little bit of love. we got Bedford at Dairy Field boys, 1130, April 16th. I got that on my calendar already. Uh, I think that should be a pretty fun one. Don't you? We're looking for, yeah. we're looking forward to it. I think it's, it's something that people have been clamoring for, for a while to uh, two teams right next door to each other. And um, it's been a long time coming. And, and I know both, both teams are excited for it. They, the Bedford boys are giving me some good natured ribbon in, uh, in indoor. And I know they're looking forward to it. So, uh, and so are my guys. So that'll, that'll be a fun way to open up the season. All right. Um, yeah. So, by, I mean, certainly plenty of, plenty of great games to go through this year and, and, We'll uh, we'll talk about as many of them as we can, um, but I think that's kind of our our uh, little our primer on those. Um, I, you know, I did have one other thing I wanted to mention, if if uh, if if I can. Yeah. In terms of it has to do with scheduling, uh, but more tournament scheduling. Um, you know, I know that looking at the NHIA's website, um, they finally have moved the spring tournament dates out of uh, you know the the temporary or or subject to change. Uh, category at the bottom of the page now it's up near the top and um you know it looks like a lot of the dates are pretty much finalized or at least they have been filled in and uh i gotta say i'm <laughs> it, it, this is it's frustrating you know you look at you look at uh you know the initially they had the girls finals um division one and division three both scheduled tuesday June 7th, 5 and 7 o'clock, but with uh, with TBD in there as the site, and they figure with the time staggered like that, they're going to be at the same place. Great. I can go cover both of those games. Um, and now they've filled in those sites, and they're at two different locations. So you once again, you've got... Uh, and they did the same thing. It was the same thing last year, that you've got all three girls' finals happening um, in different places. Um you know, at least the Division Two final is on a different night, but then you've also got them overlapping with all of the boys' semifinals, and it just it it's is, it's really it's really frustrating. It, it's tough, and I think the the huge part of it that uh, that's caused again monkey wrench in the whole thing is um, colleges not being available to rent from. Um, SNHU is a great venue. UNH is a great venue. Uh, Saint Anselm would be a great venue. Um, you know, you got to give, got to give Bill Ball and Exeter a lot of credit for, for being able to host as many events as they are on both the boys and girls side. Um, but I, I agree with you. It does make it tough. Stello stadium is a fantastic atmosphere, great place. I know parking can be a little bit tough there. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of things that go into it, but, um, I, I hear you I, on a, it, it is frustrating on a, for a reporter to not be able to go to the same events. Um, I just, 
eyeballing it. I, I'm not on the girls lacrosse committee, but it, it is strange that uh, the division three games are at Laconia high school with Laconia being in the division and the games being at bill ball stadium with Exeter on the girls one side uh, and, and division one. But I guess, you know, when, when you're limited with where you can go, um, you know, there, there's someone's going to get home field advantage potentially yeah, somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah. You know, and I, it's just, I, it's frustrating. You know, I, I think I might've mentioned it before, you know, you, you've got, you know, in terms of championship games, I think girls lacrosse is the only sport that, that hold, that they hold championship games in the middle of the week. I think everyone else is on a Friday or a Saturday and it just, it, you know, in this year, I think Sundays there, you know, basketball was on, on Sunday this year. Um, yeah, boys were moved. Boys were moved to Sundays. You're right. Yeah, on the girls' side, it's it's a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and then a Tuesday for Division Three. Yeah, it's just um, it's it's really, um, yeah, it, it just is. It, it's tough. That it makes it tough for parents too, right? Middle of a work week and, and hard to get out there. Oh, but, uh, you're right. You know I what? just I just noticed that too. Yeah, they did move the boys to Sunday, didn't they? Wow, yeah, that was something we had <laughs> talked about. I think that was done in order to avoid a lot of graduations that were happening early in the season there. Um, so I don't know if that throw again. I don't know if that throws a monkey wrench in your plans, Joe. But uh, um, yes, the yeah, finals, well, the finals yeah. for boys have been on Sunday. Well, that is yeah. There's that's a bit of a monkey wrench. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got time to figure it out. Oh, so. let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, uh, any other final thoughts for uh, you know uh, things? Things uh, or you know, we kind of we kind of summed up any any game you'd like to see played this season. That you is know, that isn't there. I I know. Um, well, what was the one we were? You know, uh, you mentioned the you and I you and I had kind of talked about you know on the girls' side, it'd be yeah. really cool to see Portsmouth and BG finally get a chance to match up when when the game actually counts. Yeah, you know, I I think they have scrimmaged before. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I, I vaguely remember that. But I know they haven't gotten a chance to play recently when both teams have been really good. And I think it'd be really cool to see all the college-level talent on the field in the same place. I think it would make for Absolutely. a great game. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Um, so that was mine. That was yours. I was. I had I mentioned. <laughs> I had mentioned um, to you uh, BG and Duxbury on the boys' side. Um, that was a game that was kind that of that was the, always uh, a great game. Yeah, yep. the the original I think uh, out of state game, or at least the longest running out of state game. Um, for, for the BG boys, um, they played something, I want to say like 12, 11, 12 years straight there. Um, you know, and they always used to play at that, um, LaSalle, is it LaSalle college? LaSalle. Not LaSalle. Yeah. Is it LaSalle? Okay. Yeah. I remember um, in, in 2014, that was a great, I don't know why that one, that one always sticks in my mind. That was a great one. I remember being a little bit late and having to park like down a road oh, someplace and then run was, into the stadium to try and get, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was at that one too. I think I parked in a tree. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it was, I was in a tree, uh, because yeah, the parking, I, I, I don't know. I, that was such a big game and it felt like it deserved to be somewhere that wasn't in someone's backyard. Uh, <laughs> cause which is really what it felt like going there. I mean, you had one side of the field that, that was, you know, had the school kind of around it, but then the other side of the field was in a residential neighborhood. Um, you know, I'm pulling into somebody's driveway to turn around they're looking at me like what are you you know what are you doing here and and i'm kind of like well you live across from the field you should be used to this by now right <laughs> <laughs> but just that was i mean such a great game and so much anxiety trying to get there and figure out where i was going to park um yeah. so i yeah it was a always a fun one and uh, of course i think the last couple times they did uh or the last two years they did a a home and home that bg went down to duxbury one year and then I think the last time Duxbury actually came up to Stelos and played up here. Um, I, I might, they may have played again after that, but I'm not sure, but um, would, would like to see that one uh, maybe come back at some point. Well, great. Yeah. And um, you know, I think, um, yeah, like you, you had mentioned, uh, we were going to get into our previews, uh, I think starting next week uh, with, with division one and uh, we'll, we'll kind of give you a, uh, rundown of the division or more so than we we did today um and kind of um you know i don't i don't know about about you coach but i will uh, i will make some of my picks um or or at least who's who i'm leaning towards picking is kind of the the you know playoff and final four teams um in you got one. you got to do that i'm not allowed to pick anyone <laughs> but dairy field my kids uh, my kids will be upset if i do right I gotta, even I gotta pick even to win a division they're not in 
Uh, all right, fine. I'll pick some other divisions. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I guess so. I guess that'll do it for us this week. Uh, unless you had any other thoughts. Nope. Uh, wrap it up. I got. I actually. I'm watching coaches pull in right now. We got our, we right. got our coaches meeting coming up in a in a little while, about a half an hour from now. I got coaches arriving. It's they're ready to get started too. They're eager. They're here early and uh, they're ready to go. So uh, yeah, right. man. Well, let's uh, we'll we'll wrap this up then for this week. Uh, thanks again, uh, Chris, for for joining me and for doing this. Um, looking forward to next week already. Well, I know you're looking forward to next week already. We're going to be live on location at Disney. I'm going to be giving the <laughs> podcast with you while while we're riding. Uh, while while I'm going to you pick the roller coaster. I'm going to be on I'll it, be on and we'll, it. we'll do it live. We'll do it live on a roller coaster. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Also, want to say a big thanks to uh, to Prolax Custom Lacrosse for uh, for giving us a sponsorship for this year. Um, go check them out. Uh, ProlaxCustom.com. He is uh, Derry Field AD and Boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. I am Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you again next week.